All right, greetings, greetings to all of our campuses. I am so excited about this weekend, and not only because the Broncos are in the Super Bowl, uh, I am excited about all that God is doing in and through this church and all that he is wanting to do. God is writing an amazing story, and today is a critical part of that story. I remember the first time I ever saw this church, it was 26 years ago. The church was dying, less than 100 people. The congregation had recently voted whether or not to just close Close the doors for good. So as Raylene and I walked up those, those steps to the old sanctuary and we looked out over this neighborhood, um, there, were, there was one word that kept coming to my mind, potential. You know, I felt in my heart that there was so much potential here for God to use this church to impact this city. I mean, a block from a high school, across the street from elementary school, five blocks from the university. I just knew in my heart that God wasn't finished with this church, that he wanted to use this church to impact this city. So over the past several years, we have seen God do amazing, some amazing things through this church in this city. We, we've seen hundreds, even thousands of lives transformed by the gospel through our worship services, through Alpha, our e-groups, our children's and youth ministry, through ShareFest and Gospel Unleashed and Zoe's. I mean, it has been incredible to see all that God has done, and we rejoice in that. But, but I got to be honest with you, I have a concern I have a concern for us as a church. It would be very easy for us to, to hit cruise control, to just sort of coast along rejoicing in what God has done in our past while subconsciously closing our eyes to the tremendous needs around us in the present. You know, there have been certain defining moments in our story as a church, moments where God got our attention, God gets our attention, he refocused our hearts, on what our ultimate purpose is, that we don't exist for ourselves. We don't. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist for those who are not yet a part of us. That's always been our DNA as a church. But it's easy for us to lose sight of that. It's easy for me to lose sight of that. Well, a few months ago, God began to speak to my heart in a, in a profound way through this guy named Nehemiah in the Old Testament. I began reading this story of this man who, who was living life on cruise control, doing his own thing, when one day he learned that his hometown of Jerusalem was in trouble. Now, he could have just said, that's a bummer. Boy, I'm really sorry to hear that, and just kept doing what he was doing. But instead, his heart was broken by this news. In response, he fasted and he prayed, which we've been talking about in the month of January. But then he did something else. He took action, leading a movement to rebuild his city. So as I was reading this book over and over again for a period of weeks, I, and I saw Nehemiah's heart for his city and, and what he was willing to do in response to the needs there, God began to stir. He, could be, he, could be, he began to speak to my heart. He, he began to, to wreck my heart, really. And I, I felt him asking me, Alan, is that your heart for your city? Is that the church's heart for this city? And in those questions, God began stirring in my heart a dream for this church, a dream for this church. What would it look like if Christ Community Church turned its heart towards our city in a more intentional way than ever before? What spiritual walls could be rebuilt? What kind of impact could occur for Jesus if 2,000 plus people's hearts at Christ Community were activated? to be more significantly engaged in the needs around us. 
Well, I began to get very excited about that thought. You see, for the past couple of years, the leadership of Christ's community has been seeking God about his vision for our church. And there were certain elements of this vision that were already being kind of discussed, but it wasn't until I began reading the book of Nehemiah that all of these elements came together. All of these elements began to come together in a way that more significantly reflected Jesus' heart. You see, our God is for our city. And he invites you and me to be for our city too. There's incredible power and synergy that happens when a group of people, an entire church, for instance, says yes to that invitation. So what is this vision that God has called us to? What is this vision that God has given to us? Before we get to the vision part, there's, there's a critically important precursor to that. And, I, and we see this so powerfully illustrated in the book of Nehemiah. Look with me at Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. I went to Jerusalem... And after staying there three days, I sat out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. By night, I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. See, notice what Nehemiah is doing. He takes a few people with him, and they go around and inspect the walls. He wants to see for himself what the need is. Okay, after he does that, then he goes to the officials, the city officials. He goes to the officials in the city, and he says this to them in verse 17. You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. Notice those first two words. You see. You see the trouble we are in. If they didn't see there is a need, they wouldn't be motivated to do anything about it. See, God-sized vision always flows out of an ability, out of our ability to see the needs around us. When we truly see these needs, we are motivated to do something. So we learn from Nehemiah the first critical question as it relates to God's vision for our future. Do you and I see the needs around us? Do we see our city through the eyes of Jesus? Let, let me just kind of mention a few realities here. We, we live in a rapidly growing region well, where well over 100,000 people don't live with the daily hope and life found in knowing Jesus. 100,000 people. All around us, so many people struggle with emotional brokenness and they don't know where to turn with their anxiety or their depression or their loneliness. I just, I just heard of another middle-aged man in our city who committed suicide recently. Hopelessness, and it was another, there are so many, too many. Hopelessness and despair are everywhere. In addition, I mean, so many marriages are falling apart and parents feel ill-equipped to raise these children. And teens are losing their way. And thousands of children suffer from neglect. I just talked with a, an elementary school teacher um, in the central part of, 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 our, our, of, of Greeley. Um, and he, and he, he said of the 100 kids that he has in his class, he would estimate that 80 to 90 are from broken homes. Of the 100 kids in his class. I mean, what kind of impact is that having on these children? Thousands of people in our city. I mean, can you multiply that by every other elementary school? It's not just one school. 
Thousands of people in our city are stuck in a cycle of poverty. Others are desperate to escape the gang culture. Every day we live near hundreds of refugees that are struggling to begin a new life. And that's just our own community. <laughs> As we look beyond our own city and community here, we see a world where sex trafficking is destroying lives where millions of orphans suffer in poverty, where basic medical care is desperately needed, and where under-resourced leaders need biblical training in order to more effectively spread the good news. The needs around us are huge. Thousands and thousands of people within our reach who desperately need hope. Again, the question, do you and I see these walls that are broken down all around us? Often we can get so focused on our own lives, making sure things are safe and comfortable for us that we lose sight of the significant needs around us. Now we prayed about this during our week of fasting. Many, many of you prayed about that and I believe God is doing this in us. He is helping us see the needs all around us, which leads to the second critical question regarding vision. What are you and I going to do in response? What are we going to do in response to these needs? So again, look at Nehemiah 2, 17. You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. I love this. <laughs> Nehemiah says, you see the need. So let's do something together. Let's rebuild what is broken. And I believe God is saying the same thing to us. You see the need, so let's do something. Let's work together to be for the lost in our city, to be a vital part of rebuilding broken lives and restoring broken hearts. So what would that look like? What would it look like for us in this next chapter of the Christ community story, what would it look like for us in this next cha chapter of Christ community to, to turn our hearts toward our city, our region, and our world in a more strategic and impactful way than ever before? What would that look like? Well, as I mentioned earlier, that question has very much been on the minds and hearts of our leadership, the leadership of our church for the past several months. Many, many months. We have earnestly prayed. We have gathered data and input from various places, including our own congregation. We have sought to listen to the Spirit's voice, and we believe he has clearly spoken. God has given us an incredibly exciting and strategic three-year vision where gospel-centered compassion and influence can multiply in significant ways in our community and around the world impacting thousands and thousands of lost people for generations to come. We're calling this vision for the city and beyond. For the city and beyond as an expression of our desire to be for the spiritually lost and broken in our community and our world, intentionally bringing the gospel to them. Now this for the city and beyond vision involves nine specific areas of intentional focus, each targeting a specific part of the wall that's broken down. These are the needs that we want to point our ship towards for the next three years. They are, they are the areas that we've been fasting and praying about. So let me go through these. First of all, we want to be for children and families in our city. 
I mean, given the marriages that are breaking up, the number of children in difficult home situations, the parents struggling, the number of foster children needing a forever family, imagine the impact if we as a church focused more energy towards these pressing needs, perhaps increasing the number of alpha marriage and parenting courses throughout our city, perhaps increasing the number of Kids Hope mentors or re-engaging our adoption and orphan awareness ministry. We want to be for children and families in our city in a greater way. Second, we want to be for the emotionally broken and addicted in our city. As I mentioned a moment ago, all around us, we see the destructive power that addictions, past hurts, pain, anxiety, depression, and fear have in our lives and in in our city. However, we as a church, we are also seeing, we have also seen God's awesome power begin to free people and heal people. Broken lives are being made whole again through the power of the gospel. So as a result, we want to be for the emotionally broken in our city. And one of the ways we want to do that is by creating a healing center at our 15th Street campus, a dedicated space offered to our not only to our church community, but to our city, to our community, our our broader community, as a place to receive healing prayer and listening prayer, lay counseling, life coaching, and encouragement. Imagine the impact as people who are caught in the pain and brokenness of past wounds find healing and life in Jesus. Third, we want to be for those caught in the cycle of poverty. I mean, while meeting the immediate basic needs of under-resourced people in our city is vitally important, we all know that it will take more than, than handouts for people to experience sustainable change in their lives. Through relationships, through partnerships, we want to help break the cycles of poverty, break the, the, the cycle of poverty for people trapped in situations they can't seem to escape. Fourth, we want to be for refugees in our city. You know, refugees in our community are often a forgotten group of people. They have fled significant oppression in other parts of the world, and and they just long for a better life for their families. But fulfilling that longing is often a struggle as they try to transition to a new culture. The Bible reveals that God's heart is for the refugees in our city, and he calls us to be for them too. Many refugees just long to be loved and accepted. We can do that by providing for practical daily needs as well as befriending them and helping them navigate the the, the language and cultural barriers so that they can become self-sufficient, contributing members of our community. Imagine the impact our church could have by loving this segment of our population. Fifth, we want to be for those trapped in the gang culture. Gangs continue to be a large and damaging force in our community. For people trapped in a gang, there seemingly is no hope of getting out, leaving people nowhere to turn. Well, God's heart is to help people in gangs find freedom, to be positive contributors and influencers in the city. Imagine the transforming impact on our community if we as a church would focus energy towards this need. Sixth, we want to be for those disconnected from a church community in our region. You see, we believe that the church is the hope of the world. When people are connected to a life-giving church, they grow in their faith, which positively impacts every aspect of their lives in terms of their family, being a better parent, being a better employee. I mean, it impacts every area of their lives. 
So here's our current reality. We live in a rapidly growing region, city and region with increasing spiritual need. 200,000 people live within 20 minutes of our Northridge campus. 200,000 people. And the vast majority of those are not connected in any way to a local church. There aren't nearly enough life-giving churches in this region to reach them. Not only that, our 15th Street facility is significantly limited in its capacity. We have used every inch of this building for God's glory. But the reality is our parking space, our children's space, and our optimal worship time space are very limited, hindering our capacity to grow into the future and impact this region. Given this reality, we started a West Campus two years ago in rented space at Northridge High School. It's doing well, but, but there are facility challenges, and we never know how long the district will allow us to use that space. To just keep doing what we're doing right now is to close the door on future impact in this region. So to add to this story, a few years ago, out of the blue, God gave us 36 acres of land. He gave us 36 acres of land right on the most strategic growth corridor of Greeley. 30,000 cars drive past this property every day. After praying for a few years about how to best steward this gift, we believe God is calling us to use it to multiply the advancement of the gospel by building a permanent West Campus on this property. By having two vibrant campuses, we're not talking about closing anything down, okay? Two vibrant campuses in two very different locations of our city, one at 15th Street and one out West, we more than double our capacity to make disciples. And we significantly increase our ability to impact West Greeley and the region for Jesus. Now, in terms of teaching, our plan is that each campus would have 50% live teaching, 50% video teaching, which will enable us to truly be one church at two locations. Now, in a moment, I want to show you some conceptual drawings of the West plans just to give you a feel for what this campus might look like. But I, but I want to re re reiterate here, this was, not, this was not a hasty decision. We have prayed earnestly. We got input from the congregation. We gathered data about the community for a couple of years and now we as leaders are absolutely convinced this is what God wants us to do and that the impact can be huge for generations to come as more and more people grow as disciples of Jesus. 13 years ago, our congregation decided to step out in faith and increase the size of our building, this building, increase the size of our building, enabling our church to reach and impact twice as many people. Many of you are here today because of their step of faith. In fact, let me just ask for a quick show of hands here. And in, in all of our campuses and venues, if you have only been to services at Christ Community in this newer worship center at 15th Street or at our West Campus at Northridge, but not in the old sanctuary, raise your hand. You've never been to the worship service in the old sanctuary. Look at that. That step of faith 13 years ago enabled all of these lives to be impacted by Jesus through this church. Now it's our turn. Now it's our turn to invest so that many others might be impacted by him as well. 
Well, seventh, we want to be for the marketplace in our city. Outside of where we live and work, the marketplace is where we connect. It's where we do life together. It's not only where we buy stuff, it's where we celebrate life. It's where we enjoy the outdoors and we have meaningful conversation or simply rest in a shared space together. Jesus cares about our marketplaces. And we believe he is calling us to be a part of shaping the marketplace in our city. Just like our Zoe's property downtown, we want our West property to be about so much more than church buildings. We want to create a destination development on the West property, a gateway and gathering place for our community filled with scores of purposefully designed spaces for people to come and engage and grow. This includes green spaces, bike paths, shops, as well as a Zoe's West coffee shop that will be open throughout the week, providing relevant, engaging space for people to connect relationally. I mean, we, we have seen the impact that Zoe's downtown has had, and we want to multiply that. Again, we're not closing anything down. We want to multiply that influence on the west side of our city. So let me show you some visual representations of what we're talking about in terms of this space. If we can get that up on the screen. Okay, so you can see here, um, this is the 35, 36 acres. 83rd Avenue is on the left-hand side. 10th Street is on the bottom. And then the right-hand side, that would be Boomerang Golf Course. So I think you probably all know this, this property pretty well. Drive by it fairly often. Um, we, we hired a, 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 an architectural company named Visioneering um, to help us think about and master plan and begin dream about what could happen in this site. The reason we chose Visioneering, we love this architectural company because of their, their, their philosophy. Their whole philosophy is what they refer to as architectural evangelism. They want to leverage space for the kingdom. I mean, it's pretty easy to just plop a church building on a property, but we hired them because they have a whole idea of, of using church buildings throughout the week and developing the entire space to be for the city, to be for the community. So that's why we hired Visioneering. They came out here, brought their team, began to dream about this space, kind of got a feel for the history of Greeley, and, and they're, all about, they're all about capturing stories and all of that stuff. And so they began to, to, to look at this property. You'll notice there's a ditch. The boomerang ditch goes right through the middle of this property. And when we first got the property, we thought, that's a bummer. It goes right through the middle. Um, what do we do about that? It, it, it clearly divides the property into two sections. Well, Visioneering saw that as something that could be leveraged by creating a sacred and a secular part of this property and then using a boardwalk to connect the two. So the property itself becomes this blending of the sacred and the secular, of people gathered together in community doing life together. So we loved that vision. The west side would be the secular side, okay? You can see what, what our goal here, our vision here is to, is to find a developer who shares this vision, who shares this vision, and would create this family-friendly gathering spaces we're talking about. Uh, you know, it could in, in include like a YMCA, which our city, some of our city, um, uh, uh, people in our city government have said the, the community is asking for. Fun, funplex is not big enough for kids' activities and all that stuff, and so who knows? It could be a YMCA. It could be a fun family-friendly restaurant, restaurant like Freddy's or Gunther Tootie's or whatever, anything like that. It could be yogurt shops, could be gathering spaces, bike paths, all of that on the west side. And then the east side of the property, 
um, is our phase one. And the east side of the property um, involves um, the, 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 the three, basically well, two buildings. I'll, I'll explain these to you in just a second. But so this is the east side of the property. This would be the, the sacred side. This is our phase one, what we will be focusing on. On the right-hand side, uh, you, you'll notice immediately already, we, we early on, we decided to adopt more of a Sentara model rather than a Greeley Mall model, okay? So rather than everything being in one building, we decided to use the space, leverage outdoor and indoor space for people to gather and connect. And so that's very much the heartbeat of this particular conceptual design. The right-hand building there is the worship center. Um, you can see the lobby there looking out over the west, windows looking out over the west. Lots of gathering space there. There's a walkway between the two buildings or a pavilion kind of thing. And that building in this, the, the gray building in the center then is the children's area space. And then connected to that is Zoe's West. Now, I want, to, I want you to notice the architecture here. There's, a, there's some intentionality about this architectural design. Visioneering wanted to, and we love this idea, they really wanted to capture the heartbeat and the history of this area. They didn't want to just bring in some, oh, this works in Boulder, this works in Fort Collins or whatever. No, to capture the heartbeat of this area, it's very much of an agricultural area. The history of this whole area is agriculture. It's a very important part of, of this, this community. And so you'll notice the design of the buildings, very simple structures, almost shed, you know, like barn-like. I, I, I like to call this a hip farm vibe, okay, if you can imagine that. So, so a farm kind of leaning towards a farm angle, but in a very, very contemporary way. So simple structures, barn-like angles, the silo kind of look with Zoe's, trying to capture the history and the story of this, of this community. And then this next slide um, is the floor plan at this point, the tentative floor plan. And so we're, we're, we're hoping for um, and planning for a worship auditorium of 1,000 seats, which is just a little bit bigger than this, this, this 1,000 seats on Easter. This would be like 900 seats on Easter when it's really, you know, got chairs everywhere. So 1,000 seat worship center. You can see the lobby as we saw from the other. So the lobby opens to the west, looks out over that space. There's a walkway between that and then the children's building. Um, there's some administrative offices on the bottom right, administrative and pastoral staff. Some pastoral staff and administration will be here, and some are as always already. And so uh, we'll have some, some, a few offices there. And then um, Zoe's Cafe, you see that on the left, the bottom left there, the Zoe's Cafe, and with gathering space inside and outside. And I want to point out um, a, a cool feature that we're pursuing, and that is this, the playland at the bottom left. That's space that could be used when people come to worship, their kids could be playing as they're checking the children in. But also during the week, maybe there would be some moms there with young children who would want to have a quiet cup of coffee while their children could play in an adjacent play area. So that's sort of the heartbeat of the, the playland area again, trying to create these spaces for our community. And then finally, um, if we could, uh, in just a moment, pull up a, uh, I think we're going to transition here to our flyover. Okay, so this is a flyover of the property. So now we're at the west, I mean, on West 10th, looking north. Now we're on the east side, kind of looking to the west. You see the green space and the development on the west side. Okay. So the vision for this property, please hear me. The vision for this property is to be for those who are spiritually disconnected from a church in this region. And also to be for the marketplace, creating a gathering space that our community would be proud of. 
and, and, and would, would, would utilize, a gateway to the community our community would be proud of. I mean, we believe this could have a huge impact in our city, in our region. Okay, continuing with this nine part for the city and beyond vision. Eighth, we want to be four developing leaders in our city. Leadership is key to transforming our city with the gospel. I mean, we have already seen as a church how our International Training Institute has impacted the lives of, of many, many people around the world. We believe the time is now to be intentional about training the next generations of leaders, next generation of leaders here biblically empowering them to impact culture via the church, via their family, as well as their workplace, education, all of those areas. I mean, what a powerful impact this could have on our community. Well, ninth, we want to be for the expansion of the gospel in the world. For the past 10 years, we as a church have strategically invested in global initiatives and partnerships through Project Beyond, Project Beyond Catalyst, Gospel Unleashed, seeing a huge impact in the kingdom. These partnerships have grown in influence and impact, and we want to continue to invest people and resources in these critically important areas. So this includes ministries of compassion, focusing on 20 of the neediest nations and people groups of the world bringing healing to those caught in sex trafficking, providing clean water and basic medical and eye care, as well as creating sustainable economic opportunities. It also includes church planting, partnering with strategic leaders all over the world, providing training and resources to help catalyze a church planting movement that will multiply and impact as hundreds of churches will be planted. Plus, we want to strategically invest in global leadership development. Our goal, I already talked about the International Training Institute a moment ago. Our goal is that through our International Training Institute, which is really a seminary on wheels that we take to different parts of the, of the world, our goal is through the International Training Institute in the next three years, 10,000 leaders will be equipped to bring the God. They don't, they don't have training like this. So then they, they get equipped and then they bring that. And they represent many, many other people. They bring that back and they train them. So to bring the gospel to some of the most spiritually dark places on earth, including Africa, Latin America, and the Middle East. Now, we are so committed to this global part of this whole vision. We're so committed to this that we will direct, we're going to direct the first $1 million of this For the City and Beyond vision towards these strategic global initiatives, seeing the love and the truth of Jesus impact our world. Okay, so those are the nine areas of focus in this for the city and beyond vision. We want to direct our heart as a church towards these nine areas of need over the next three years, helping rebuild these spiritually broken walls. Now, I want to invite you, I want to invite you to begin to imagine with me the impact in our own city, our region, and our world as we together pursue this vision of bringing the love of Jesus to those who need him. I mean, think of the thousands of broken lives that could be transformed, the marriages that could be restored, the children that could be adopted, the refugees that come to faith, the number of disciples that could be developed, the cycles of poverty broken, the girls rescued from sex trafficking, the churches planted. I mean, the possibilities are, are, are enormous. <laughs> And to think, you and I get to be a part of this. This is not a have to. This is a get to. We get to be a part of something that can change so many people's stories for the good. 
So these nine areas of focus are the For the City and Beyond vision. It's a, again, it's a three-year journey that will involve people resources as well as financial resources. It's important to hear that. People resources as well as financial resources. So in terms of people, how cool would it be to have hundreds of e-groups throughout our city focusing their hearts towards families or children or refugees in our community, building relationships and coming alongside those in need? In terms of finances, there's a financial piece of this. In terms of finances, how cool would it be to see an outpouring of outrageous and sacrificial generosity towards this vision as we get to invest in something that is like this, that is so near to the heart of Jesus? In terms of financial cost, our goal in this three-year campaign is to raise $7 million, which is approximately half the cost of the entire For the City and Beyond vision. The balance of the building costs will be responsibly financed within our normal operating budget. In terms of time frame, the bill, assume everything goes as planned, we're able to get to that $7 million that buildings will be completed uh, sometime in the summer or fall of 2018. Now, obviously, this nine initiative vision is a big God-sized vision, one that will move us out of our comfort zones for the sake of the people around us. But you know, but you know what? We, we have always been a church that says yes when God leads us to take steps of faith for greater impact. This is who we are. This is our purpose. We exist for those who are not yet a part of us. And we are at another defining moment where the lives of many, many, many people are at stake. I'm excited. I'm excited to invite each of you, young people, seniors, and everyone in between, to be a part of this next chapter of the Christ Community Church story. Together, we have the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of thousands and thousands of people in our city, our region, in our world for generations to come. Okay, so how can you be a part of this vision? Well, we want to invite you to begin praying about how God might want you to be involved in this vision, both volunteer-wise as well as financially. So I'm going to ask the ushers to begin immediately, quickly passing out the packets we put together a packet of information for one per family is what we'd like here initially. One per family, a packet of information about this entire vision. Um, and so ushers, if you would begin passing those out again very quickly, just distribute those one per family. If you're watching this online and would like a packet, um, just call the church office and we will send you one. So I'm going to wait here for a moment until every, every family unit here has, has a pack, packet.
Okay, if you need a packet, just raise your hand. If you didn't get one, we ran short in your row. Ushers will get you one. Just have your hand up if you'd like a packet. Okay, let me just kind of walk through this packet. Again, if you didn't get one, you can get one out of the next area uh, after you leave the service today. Um, But in this packet, let me just kind of walk through this. There's a brochure, so if you would take out the the brochure first of all, I'm not going to read through this, trust me, but I do want to at least highlight this. We put this together again so that you have information in your hands about this. And so as you walk through this or look through this brochure, prayerfully processing this, you're going to find the vision laid out, kind of the need that I described. You're going to see the nine initiatives that are each talked about, the things that I've I've talked about, some of the the visuals that I showed earlier about the the land. You will see that in the middle of this brochure. Um, The global stuff is in here as well. And then the last two pages are about how you can get involved. And there's specific information in terms of encouraging you to pray and, and some of those things um, and, and some frequently asked questions. And so we encourage you to read this later. You don't need to now, but check this out later. Lots of helpful information, um, uh, information in that. And so the goal then is that during the month of February... We're going to be looking at this vision through the lens of Nehemiah, which I'm super excited about. God has some amazing things to share with us from this book. Well, then on March 6th and 7th, so a month from from this weekend, we will have our commitment weekend. And if you would take out the, you just want to point this out, but if you would take out the commitment card, it's this threefold card here for a moment. On this card, you'll notice there's, again, some information about how you can be involved. The right-hand side is is perforated, so you can pull that off. at that point, when you're, when you're ready to, to make that, that, that commitment, again, these are three-year commitments we're asking you to pray about. And on the back of this, I want to just point out there are some, there are like a list of 10 creative ways to give. And so you may not think you can give much. And then when you look at some of the creative alternatives, who knows what resources the Lord may free up just with that creativity. So we encourage you to look at that card as a part of, of the processing. And, and we really believe that, that if all of us just give what God is calling us to do, to give this vision will happen. It will happen. Now, I do want to announce something really cool. Um, several, several weeks ago, we asked, we invited some people from our church to hear this vision and to pray about making their financial commitment a bit early. And so at this point, I just wanted to announce, at this point, we have 72 commitments that have been made um, for a total of $2,022,000. So we are well on our way towards the goal of $7 million. And we praise God for that. Now, now again, this month of February is so very important in terms of unpacking more details about this vision, as well as hearing what God wants to say to us. And so I want to ask you, I just want to, as your pastor, I want to ask you to make prayer a really important part of February and to also make church attendance a priority this month. These are very exciting days for our church. We want you to have all the time that you need to process this prayerfully and all the information you need. So we're going to be giving more information in the weeks to come. And, and, and we also encourage you, feel free to talk with me or any other staff or elders about any questions that you have. Any questions you have, please talk with us. I mean, here's the deal about a vision like this. If you've ever been through something, like you know this is the case. Not only is God going to do great things through us to impact our city and our world, he's also going to do great things in us. 
That's the way God works. Our compassion will expand. Our faith in God will be stretched. Our generosity will grow. It's going to be awesome to see what God does in and through us in this next season. I mean, the book of Nehemiah shows us what is possible when God's people join together to rebuild a broken city. It shows us what can happen. And I can't wait to be on this journey together with you and to see what God is going to do. Now, as a way to remind us of what this vision is all about, I want us to watch a video story. We just put this together um, from someone in our church family, someone here at Christ Community. So let's check this out. You know, the story is, is really about um, wanting a family. So I, I meet a woman and it seems like there's some, some alignment there because she doesn't have a family either. And um, we decide eventually to get married. When you meet a, a, a woman and she says, hey, what's your sign? You know, your immediate thought is, is she's just a female. She's not a witch. You know, you don't naturally think this person's a witch because she's curious about your astrological sign. Uh, and then, you know, you get married and you find out that you're married to a witch eventually. You know, you start to find books and start to ask questions. I think she was six months old when her mother reached across her face to, to punch me in the face while I was holding her. And getting to the point where things had gotten really ugly and my daughter being two and a half, I decided enough's enough. I had finally decided to agree to a divorce. And I'd really found myself kind of having drifted a, a really far away from the Lord. And um, meeting Lisa helped start a change in that direction. And Lisa reintroduced me to, to the Lord and, and uh, introduced me to Christ's community. Just a week before we get, we're scheduled to get married, my ex-wife um, files an emergency relocation hearing to request to move my daughter to Texas. And on that Friday, February 10th, I lose my daughter and uh, the, the judge gives us four days with my daughter before it's time to uh, drop her off with her mom, put her in the car with a U-Haul attached to it, U-Haul trailer attached to it, and off she drives to Texas. It was a long road and um, we were fortunate enough in May of 2014 to finally get into court um, to uh, have a court finally hear this properly and to win custody of her. And I, I would not have been able to do it without Pastor Allen, without Christ community, uh, without the Lord. There were times that we, we got to see God's work firsthand. Uh, there were times when we were challenged financially, unemployed, fighting a battle that eventually um, 
ended up costing over $350,000 and essentially financially destroying us. And you know, just something as simple as uh, the Financial Peace University that we were able to, to take advantage of uh, through the church helped tremendously. And we started taking my daughter to church with, with us. And so she was going to church with me and even though I usually sat in the back row, this day I chose to go sit up front. And it was one of those days, although Pastor Ellen seems to have an amazing ability to connect with you. And I, I just attribute that to um, the Lord working through him. Um, he seemed to speak directly to me that whole uh, sermon. And I sat there and cried like a little baby. And Pastor Ellen approached me afterwards and talked to me. Many of the people in the congregation uh, came and put their hands on my shoulder. And showed that, demonst and demonstrated that they really cared and prayed with me and for me and, and got us through. Christ Community is a, is a place where I just always felt like it really was God's home. And the people there really had God in their hearts. And there was a tremendous amount of love. That's what this vision is about. It's, it's about changing more stories. People like Glenn are all around us. And we have, have the opportunity to change more stories. It's about people's lives being transformed by Jesus. Together, together, folks, we can change the stories of thousands of people for generations to come. I am so excited to be a part of this. I don't want to miss this. Myself, my family, we are all in. And I don't want you to miss this either. We have an amazing opportunity before us. Together, let's bring the love of Christ to our city and beyond. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your heart, for our city and our community and our region and our world. And your heart is a heart of compassion. And we thank you that you invite us to demonstrate your heart. Lord, and so we pray, first of all, you would continue to open our eyes to see the needs around us. And that you would open our hearts to respond. So Lord, we, we commit this vision to you. We pray that you would use this to change more stories to bring more people to you, God. We pray that you would, you would use this to impact thousands and thousands of people for generations to come and that you, thank you that you are inviting us to be a part of this. And so I want to pray. I know there's a lot of information here shared. I want to just add, pray that you would be helping each person here process this information before you, just prayerfully processing over the next month, that you would be moving in each of our hearts, speaking to us about if and how you would want us to be involved volunteer-wise, as 
well as financially, or you would be leading us. And we entrust this to you. We know this is a big vision, but you're a big God. And you are inviting us to grow in our compassion and our faith and our generosity and, and all of these things that are so near to your heart. And I just pray for each one of our hearts to be open to all that you want to do in us so that you can do amazing things through us. So we pray for that. We pray protection over this vision, over this church and our processing of all of this. We pray for clear understanding and communication about all the details of this, Lord. And that you would move us together in this vision to be for our city and beyond. So thank you. Thank you for inviting us to be a part of this. This is a get to. It's not a have to. And we thank you for entrusting this to this church. We love you. We worship you. Thank you for the amazing God you are. Thank you for impacting our lives through this church. And we want to see more people impacted. So Lord, activate all of our hearts for this city in an amazing way. Do incredible things as a result. We pray. Thank you, Lord. What an amazing savior you are, Jesus. Thank you. We worship you. We praise you. We offer our hearts to you now. Why don't we stand as uh, the worship team leads us in a response of worship. So let's stand. Jesus set us free to worship you. We love you. We praise you.